With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. So over the last 20 minutes, we've discovered that I can't speak straight. So I, I, I'm just warning just all of you. It's just one of those days. I'm just, just warning all of you. Happy Friday. Apparently, I've had a difficult week because my speaking has not gone well. So uh, many times you guys talk about, you guys are together. I might not be together today. It might be all over the map. I'm just warning all of you good listeners. Well, what's funny is our super piece came out, our super comparison yeah, piece, yeah, yeah. the two yeah, yeah. liter and the three liter. Thanks to Toyota, they shipped both cars to us, if you can believe it, and the 86 Hakone back to us for yes. a TV piece. So many of you on Facebook, social media, and comments on YouTube have asked, what do you guys say to each other when you're crossing <laughs> and nobody can hear you? You know, we've unplugged yeah. our mics yeah, and yeah, we're yeah. crossing in front of the car. And I thought, what do we say? Well, mostly it's like, all right, that was a boneheaded thing I just said. And so I'll tell you, yeah, that has to come out. Could you please take that last stupid comment that I just said? Or some inappropriate thing gets happened. Something along those lines that we've just cackled or, you know, one of us or both of us has screwed up a a word or a line. We're like, yeah, that should probably come out. Can you remember to make sure that comes out? All right, let's hit it again. Yeah, there's a lot of, okay, we'll fix that. (laughs) Those discussions happen. You're right. Absolutely true. Pretty funny. Well, speaking of which, Andrew Dammit Patton on Facebook says that he enjoyed the new piece. Thank you, Andrew. He asks which engine we think would benefit most from a manual of the two Mm, cars. mm. So hopefully you've had a, a chance to see the piece. We didn't really speak about the manual because... We haven't been revealed or bestowed this information by Toyota. They're not giving no, that information they aren't. out if they it's aren't. coming. And so we didn't speak about it there. There, A question back to y'all listening is that mm-hmm. if Toyota does put a manual, will you buy it? Because everybody says, well, it should have a manual. And my question is, will you buy it if they do? A good number of people are saying on the YouTube comments, I would buy it if there was a manual. Okay. I, I good. think good, good, I good. think that actually the two liter deserves it more because it differentiates. And if the three liter is the dedicated track car, let's be honest. St- step away from your enthusiast leanings real quickly. <laughs> let's be honest. Automatics, as fast as they are now, and dual clutches, which have always been fast, are better track tools than a manual. Manuals yep. are more fun to drive. Yep. And as a result, I love a manual on track. But if we're out to be a track car... Taking that off your plate is helpful. Couldn't agree more. So I in agree. that regard, totally. in that thinking, let's let's make – I mean, frankly, they should make the manual available for both. But if I was only going to pick one, I would say the two-liter. But the other half of Andrew's question that I really like is an interesting fighting words thing mm. where he asks about is the manual – theoretical manual, by the way. Will that come <laughs> from the BMW lineup? Which is the question. Because here's the problem. I don't like BMW man transmissions very much. Funny, I was talking to Chance the other day, and he said the same thing. He doesn't like the rubbery manual yes. in the M2, and he said, I'll take the automatic if they decide to put the BMW cable rubbery thing in they, there. They, are, they aren't as direct as they should be, but let, let me go this route. This is interesting. Have you thought about this? I know I'm there already. Subaru, BRZ, Toyota 86, but, but there's a point here. There's a point that relates. Okay. There's a six-speed in that car that is actually really good. The actual yeah. feel of the six-speed yeah. in the 86 yeah, yeah, yeah. and the BRZ is excellent. It's a different six-speed than Subaru puts in the WRX and the STI. It's a different six-speed. Is it bespoke it is a, to it that is a car? different six-speed. I don't know where else that transmission exists, but I know for a okay. fact it is a different one than is in those other two Subaru products. And the one in the WRX and the STI is not as good. Uh, yeah. So my yeah. question here is... Where does that six-speed come from in the 86? And doesn't that create precedent that we can have a really good six-speed in the Supras that doesn't have to be a rubbery BMW one? Sure. I totally agree. I mean, Toyota can do they a can brilliant do whatever. Yes. manual. They don't have to just do the parts thing and, and install it. They've got one in the current Corolla. I wonder if it could handle it. They've got a good six-speed in the current Corolla. The huh. XSE that we drove, the well, hatchback? Here's also my other question is... Six speed are either of these two engines? We'll we'll go with the two liter. I'm in total agreement with the two liter. Is that engine and the torque? Is it suited to a six speed? I'm just asking. Would, oh, would the engineers fine. would that pass muster? Would that or would they want a seventh or an eighth? No, let's not do those kind of. Manners. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, I, I really do. I Probably wonder about six, though, on that the solid six speed that is in the current Corolla XSE, like lukewarm hatch we drove. We like that. Yeah, yeah. Let's take that transmission, marry it up to the two liter. 
carve the gears out of magnesium? My, my concern remains that if it's BMW product line, it's a BMW six-speed. And frankly, while I want a manual, those are not standouts. Because that could be a, uh, an Achilles heel too. Toyota could say, other problem. we came out with a manual, and then people who don't like the shifter will say, well, it's the wrong one. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. For sure. And for yeah, sure. manual, but and still don't want it because it's the wrong one. It doesn't have the feel. It doesn't have what we like. And then, yeah. you know, when we compare that to the 86 feel, well, then that's where the 86 will, you know, shine. Totally. Well, that was the interesting thing when we did our, uh, our, our piece on, we called it the return, beginning of season six. It was the Supra, the M2 competition. Mm-hmm. and the Cayman. Mm-hmm. Now, the Super was the automatic, so it was an automatic. You can't get it any other way. But the M2 Competition, which is a great car, was standing against the Cayman S. And yeah. the Cayman S has a fantastic six-speed. brilliant. And the M2 could not possibly compete in feel. Agreed. Agreed. So this is an issue. And it would be really nice for mm-hmm. the Super to come out with a really good, very positive six-speed shifter in any of the variants, but let's take the two liter. Do we need to help them source uh, the proper transmission? Do we all need to get together and say, hey, we found it. This supplier will give you but, this transmission. All you have to do is re-engineer it so it'll bolt up to the engine. And but, yeah, 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 just re-engineer it. It'll right? It's just that easy. But you are stating the exact problem with the enthusiast <laughs> culture, ourselves included. Yeah. Because if they do this manual that everyone is screaming for, I will buy the car. And if it is not a good-feeling manual, we will then be like, yeah, but I don't like that manual. We'll be the spoiled kid. I don't like crust on my toast. Will you please cut the crust off? Why isn't it cut diagonal? Yes, diagonal cuts on my toast. That'll be all what it's about. You know that's coming. Guys, welcome back to the podcast. Happy Friday. We are thrilled you're joining us. This is what we do. I just thought before we started recording, this is what we do. We look forward to this now. Yes, yes, we do. This is so much fun. So yes, go watch the Super Piece on YouTube. As a matter of fact, the pricing, if you're wondering, doesn't come out until June 17th, 2020. Mm -hmm. So that's when the embargo lifts for pricing. And we do know the pricing on that. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, Toyota has shared that information. So that comes out in June. People are talking about making, you ready? Pricing videos. And I'm just thinking, let's stop milking this poor car. Yeah. There's no reason. We will talk about it here on the podcast. I'm sure it'll be mentioned everywhere. But a a pricing video, really? (laughs) Really? And here's what what really will drive me nuts. Here's what really will Uh. drive me nuts is the day that that happens, somebody (laughs) will get more views on their pricing video than you and I will get on some video we worked hard on, and it will just grind my teeth for a while, and I'll have to go for a bike ride and come back and feel better. That's how that'll go down. I'm just letting you know. (laughs) All right. Well, as uh, the continuation of television episodes from years past are being put on YouTube, season three begins Saturday, May 23, 2020. So that's season three, episode one, Electrics for Everyone. So again, it's not not tomorrow. tomorrow. It's in a week. So Saturday, May 23rd. And then that will continue. We won't do it quite as quickly. We won't do the releases quite as quickly as we have. We're going to start to string them out a little bit. Because we are doing the live premiere thing, Todd and I are online as it premieres. And it has the cheesiest 80s graphics on the countdown. It counts down for two minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like the worst 80s art you've ever seen. Like, remember going to a restaurant as a kid and you see the worst art on the walls and you think, somebody got paid but so you bought that but card? somebody that is just what? recently out of design school designed that and think they think somehow they're being cutting edge and they're somehow referencing from long before they were born it's that everything comes I mean, back around squiggles thing. and pastels everything comes back there i think there's a heartbeat thing in there somewhere my, my joke to paul is that we're yeah. doing an all-new graphics package for season seven of television and it's going to look entirely like that that's exactly <laughs> what we're going to do it's going to be awesome it's going to be great can you imagine no people would scratch not. their heads and we have like, two really good guys? car debates uh for this friday one is Derek writing to us and uh, we also have another one from Martin writing to us from Germany, which is cool. These are very different. They might lead to rants. <laughs> Car debates are coming. Well, what I love is when you guys write to us and you pretty much ask us, you know, guys, could you bend spoons with your minds so I can figure out <laughs> what I need here? Yeah. And that's exactly what Derek F. has done. He's spreading his car wings and he's writing this email as he's watching Todd's video, the long-term number six of the Cayenne. Mm-hmm. And he said he emailed because he's been looking for a replacement fun car for the last three months. He okay. listens to the podcasts all the time. He says he gives himself drive homework from the cars that we recommend to other people. That's cool. That's cool. That's very cool. To note, his drive homework has consisted of an Audi A5 six-speed manual mm-hmm. and automatic. Uh, Nissan 370Z. I believe automatic Nissan 370Z, I think. It doesn't matter, but keep going, yeah. 987.1 Cayman and his neighbor's Tesla Model 3 
just because. Why not? Yeah, for not? sure. If you've got access to one, you should drive a Tesla. For sure, you should. This is changing drive homework forever. Bing bong. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't help but notice your driveway. We haven't really met. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that sugar, that cup of sugar a while back, but can I drive your car? I'm not here for eggs or sugar. I'd like to drive your car. Yeah. <laughs> now, Derek's wife isn't really into cars, which is fine. Her response is always, that's nice. Mm-hmm, and he's reached mm-hmm. the point where he can spread his car wings just a little bit due to their favorably favorable financial uncar situation. So here's what they own. 2018 Lexus RX 350L, so mm-hmm. the elongated egg. Yep. 2014 Honda Accord EXL. The 2015 Chevy Spark. <clears throat> and a t- 2004 Ford Ranger. Okay. Yeah. It's a good, good varied group there. Yeah, it is. Everything's paid off except for the Lexus, which is fine. Not to mention they work for the same employer and they provide them company cars they drive Monday through Friday, so the cars aren't moving very much. And he doesn't even tell us what those cars are. So keep in mind, that is company vehicles that are not on that list of four cars. Now, Derek wants something that both of them can enjoy. Mm-hmm. Unlike me, Paul, he doesn't need a lot of power. All this, his wife despises slow cars. I saw that. You say you don't need power until you want the power. Yeah, but you it's, say here's yeah. my budget until you write to us and say, guys, I spent ten thousand dollars more because heard, I can afford it. We've heard that story multiple times, just of late, where somebody's like, well, you know, my budget was this, and I doubled it, and I bought, and Paul just looks at me and goes, you see, it was only like eighty dollars more in the monthly payments, and so I just went for it. And I'm going, ah, uh-huh. yeah, you get justification way too do. often for that, for sure. All right, she enjoys zippy vehicles. I love zippy that description. equals turbo, does it I love not? that description. Well, maybe, maybe. Zippy, turbo. I think it's a, it's a feel. It's, it's an easy-to-change direction. I think that's really a lot of it, too. Okay, all right, fair enough. She hates the spark, though. And unlike it's, Todd... That's not too surprising. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, but she, Chevy, the Chevy spark is not anything I would describe anywhere close to a standout in their lineup. It is a car <laughs> to meet a need, and that's about where it ends. Can you imagine, congratulations on your new Chevy spark purchase, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you're going to hate this in a few years <laughs> exactly. or a few minutes. Do not call I'll me. I'll see you when you come back to yeah. trade it in. Do not call me when you've decided that you hate me. Yeah, <laughs> Fantastic. All right. So she hates the spark. Unlike Todd, he says... He needs a car that is bigger than the Lotus. Well, many people do. That's that's most cars. But that's also okay. why the Lotus is not your only car. True. Very true. Yes. To solve this problem, Todd has a Phaeton. <laughs> <laughs> I bought the exact opposite, and somehow they balance each other out. That's very funny. Now, they don't need four doors. They would like four seats, though. They expect kids in the near future, so a coupe would suffice. Derek thought the A5 was the one, but after driving, he felt blah. The world okay. was gray and right. colorless. He's yeah, looking okay. to test drive the GTI, the Veloster N, possibly a used Cayenne, which is a great suggestion. And they're 1,000% open to getting rid of the Spark. Yeah, that's not, that, clearly, that's not just a mistype. You just put in an extra zero in there. They're ready for the Spark to go. Yeah. Their budget is 15000 to 18000 with a Paul limiter of 20000 tops. Going to fix that for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Any suggestions would be great. What do we think? Diving in here. I've got two that are interesting. They do indeed have four seats and four doors. Okay. And even though the Chevy Spark is hatch-like, I don't consider it a hatch. It's not a hot hatch. It's just the Spark. It's a vehicle. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a vehicle. Yeah. It has wheels and doors. It, it and it's made get you to the place metal. you intended to get. So I am jumping in, Derek. I loved your Veloster N suggestion. That's good, yeah. And I thought, well, how about... The Veloster N with the dual clutch that's been recently announced. Mm, interesting. Okay. All right. But that's going to be closer to thirty grand. It is, yes. Or more. Mm-hmm. So how about, Derek, the Hyundai Elantra GTN line? Mm. Brand new, 1.6 liter turbo. So there's your zippy. Okay. All Scarlet right. red. Yeah. Great warranty. It's a decent hot hatch. It's a lukewarm hatch. Yeah. We liked it. I, I Well, I liked it. In the lukewarm hatches episode. It's it's a very solid car in that area when you're looking for that level. I totally get that. Yeah, for sure. Now, t- depending on how it's loaded, I'm finding them for twenty four mid-24,000 to mid-28,000. Okay, all right. But yeah, you'll yeah. never feel that in the monthly payment, plus you're getting a brand new car. <laughs> it's no money. Every, <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> and every time you get in the car and you inhale the new car smell and you think, I've got a great warranty, it's going to run, mm-hmm. it's zippy, it's got the turbo, it's fun to drive, it's not the hottest of hot hotness. True, true, true. But it's fun, and I think your wife will like it, and... Brand new Hyundai. Okay. And it's inexpensive. All right. That's my top choice for you. Okay. 
But then I started looking around more, and I came across a car you and I have been discussing with Edgar recently. Okay, yeah. It is the 2020 Mini Hardtop Four-Door. Interesting point, yeah. Edgar's yeah, yeah. actually asked us. He's been looking for something new. He's replacing the Mazda 3 that he's got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's black on black, and he's really liked it, but he's looking for something a little bit different as well. And we've kind of been thinking about this. We had a discussion about it. Ultimately, we decided it was not for him Mm -hmm. but this car is not the clubman and it's not the countryman isn't it interesting it's it's a new let's slice it again yeah fairly new and and i don't i don't remember actually seeing this at auto shows maybe i missed it maybe i was just you know distracted by the fifty thousand dollar gt anything else that could have been distracted by yeah so between twenty four thousand and thirty one thousand this is now a new offering Mm. from mini Mm. It's the Mini four-door. But again, you remember the Clubman, and it was four-door, yeah. but it had the, 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 the different the half weird door. And now it's got four-doors, too. But, they've, yeah, they're, they're slicing it thin. And the sure. Clubman has a different proportion, actually. Yes, it does. So yes, this is does. a shorter four-door. It's, it's, yeah. it's weird. I mean, they're owned by BMW, and you can tell because they're taking a page out of BMW's mm-hmm. book to yeah. slide a different model right in between. The, there's a gap. There's a <laughs> hole in traffic. Let's, let's insert a new model. I can see a sliver of light. Put a car in there quick. Shove it in there. All right. So the Cooper has the three-cylinder turbo. The Cooper S has the four-cylinder turbo. And if you want the Apple CarPlay and all that stuff, you might have to pay a little bit more. But You will. I'm blowing out your budget. But again, Mm. it's worthy of your consideration. It does have the Steptronic automatic, okay? But it does have paddles too. So again, depending on how it's spec'd and depending on what kind of deal your dealer will give you. Mm-hmm. They might work you a deal. I'm going off the website of new MSRP. Okay. okay. So okay. that's going to be the very high end. And that has nothing to do with the haggling that will definitely occur. <laughs> okay. So both this Elantra GT N line brand new and the mini hardtop four door is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Fun spry. Yeah. 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 Doesn't have a lot of power, but it does have a turbo. And I, yeah, I bet be you fun. it's geared to be a little bit punchy off the line. Yeah. 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 And you're just going to giggle every mm-hmm. time you drive these things. Interesting. Okay. All right. Something different. Uh, Derek, I have some thoughts that adhere to your rules, and then I have a rant before I go off into the weeds. Okay. <laughs> You're so, adhering. So, yeah, I'm adhering. And then, and then, because here's the thing I was reading about this, and I was thinking about it, and then some things about the email, then I'll, I'll bring it up, Derek. Started to strike me, and suddenly a rant was forming. Oh, and no. then I was off in the weeds. All right. So, okay. Adhering to what you've asked for, I do want to say this. You're, right now, you say you're keeping everything but the spark. Right. So that's a Lexus Egg uh-huh. with a lot of seats. It's uh-huh. a, a family SUV, an Accord, and the Ranger would stay. Yes. Okay. Yes. If I did think about this, what if the Accord went as well and you chased a four door family car that's also fun? And now you could get into Kia Stinger GT. Oh, yeah. Or Alpha Julia. Oh, more money. Four door. Nice, well-handling, fun-to-drive car that can also be a full-on four-door family car. That's not my first choice for you, and I was just trying to adhere to things, and I thought about that. When we're talking about you want to have four seats and some fun, mm-hmm. I see your Veloster in. That's excellent. The GTI is one of the best all-arounders that exists. So you should definitely drive one of those. You could go BMW 2 Series. Now we're 2 plus 2. Mm-hmm. Now, at this point, all of these I'm talking about, you're still keeping the Accord, and we're shopping for your roughly twenty grand. Buy yourself a used 2 Series, manual or auto. Mm-hmm. You could get the base. The 228i is a fun car. Okay. Get the sport pack on that or whatever it is that's called for the better, better suspension setup. I forget their nomenclature, honestly. But the 228 has some back seats. I bet you what you didn't find in the A5 is in the 228i BMW. When I really look at your email, Derek, some things stand out. Here's the rant coming. Warning. First off, you said you want to spread your wings and you're open. You said you're looking for a fun car. You said that the Lexus RX is staying, the Honda Accord is staying, the Ford Ranger is staying, and then you said we need four seats because we're going to have kids sometime soon. First off, if you didn't have any other cars and it's you and your wife, you don't need a car with four seats for at least nine months. I'm not good at biology, (laughs) but you don't need a car with more than two seats. This is your fun car. You have the Lexus and you have the Accord. Why do you need another four-seat car? Well, that's a good point. They also have the other two work cars that they drive all week long. So does that mean the Lexus and the Accord 
sit. Yes, these are all their co- along with the spark. You don't, Derek, it's that thing mm. we've talked about before. This is a thing, and and I and I, honestly, I'm not picking on you. This is a thing we all struggle with. We have been conditioned as car buyers and car drivers that every car we have has to do every task it'll need to do, but it doesn't. You don't need to have every car in your lineup that will take the whole family. It's not necessary. If you were a one-car family, yes, it has to do everything. You're already a four-car family. When this car debate's over, you're still a four-car family, and that doesn't include the cars you drive for work. Hmm. You've got tons of utility here. You and your wife could have twins in nine months. And you could have, I'll go crazy, you could have a go-kart as your fun car and it wouldn't matter. So what are you suggesting? My point here is. About selling and keeping. Which, which of these do you sell and keep? I'm still staying within what he's saying. You get rid of the spark and you keep the other three. But my point is now there's no reason at all for your car. You have said, I want to be open. I want fun. Hmm. There's no reason for that car to do anything but be those things. It doesn't have any purpose. It doesn't have to pick up anything but you and your wife and take you on a date or take you on a back road. If you need, we got to take the kids, honey. You have two other cars in the driveway. I can guarantee the Lexus and the Honda can both do it. Now you got me thinking. You see what I'm saying? There's some questions about these other two cars. They are unnamed, so we don't know if they're a sedan or an SUV. And they're also, we don't know about the usage rules about those other two cars. If they're the work cars and maybe they're only cordoned off for work purposes and you can only drive them with clients or whenever you're going to particular, whatever you're doing with them, and they say no family usage, no weekend use, you can't take them on road trips and that kind of thing. Maybe that's the case, but I'm guessing. I don't know. But the way this reads, though, is that those company cars are in addition to this list. Oh, absolutely. They're in addition. So Honda Accord... Hmm. And the Lexus, hello, family cars. There's, uh, you're done. You're, you're done. You have this solved. You don't have. We've joked about it before this way. It's shoes. Your shoes you wear out to a nice dinner. You're not going to wear hiking, and we're all fine with that. Well, now if we've established these two company cars, they'll exist as long as you work for that company. But I'm sure you're going to be just fine with your jobs as they are, and the yeah, company cars yeah. exist. What if we got rid of everything? It's a whole other thing, but absolutely, that's what I'm saying. But let's but, get rid of everything. I'm just staying with. They have these other three in the driveway, so there is absolutely no legitimate reason that the next car, the fun car, has to have four seats. There's no reason I no. can come up with because you have that covered. And I also submit. I don't know about your 04 Ford Ranger. It's probably just a two-person thing. But why do you keep it? I bet you keep it because you say you need a truck. Fine. But you're not asking the truck to do family duty. Let's do that with the fun car. Let's have the fun car be the fun car. And that's all it has to do. Well, they don't have kids yet. And they do not indicate that they're currently pregnant. And they also don't have big dogs they're hauling around that have to always go in the car. You see where I found myself. That's why I'm thinking get rid of all the cars. You could. You could. Which is a whole other debate. But No, it's not. (laughs) It is this debate now. (laughs) But Derek, here's my point. Your wife wants Zippy and you want a fun car. We're shopping two-seaters, man. Two-seaters, rear-wheel drive. Let that car be the go-out car. Let that car be the fun car. Okay, so what do you have got? four more kids, I still don't care. Well, they've got the two company so, cars, which, yes, which undoubtedly are, are not fun rear-wheel drive two-seater which are cars. Unnamed, but they still. But even I keep ignoring the company cars because ultimately you've got two others in your driveway that do it. Yeah, I'm rethinking so, this now. you see what's happening. So mm. you need to drive the Miata. Your wife wants Zippy. I okay. know they're not powerful, but drive an NC and an ND. What you want is the ND2 with the upgraded engine, but buy, drive whatever Miata you can afford and just see what you both think. Auto is fine. I mean, you want the manual, but auto is still fun and fine. Okay. But what I think you want is a Boxster S. Oh, I like just that. Just buy yourself. You don't even need to get an S. You Just get yourself a Boxster if you want. But if you get a Boxster S and just let it be fun car, you and your wife go out and enjoy that car. Either one of you can drive it, top up, top down, night out, drive for fun. Oh, look, we're out of milk. Mm, Okay. Again. Oh, look, we still have milk. I'm still going to the store. But but it's not the milk I really like. (laughs) I'm going for other milk. It's 1%. Yeah. That's all we have. Uh, Who who bought this? Honey, I'm going out. So anyway, my point here is these are – and look, you could go down our usual suspects here really quickly. But I wanted to mention those two because the, the Miata is cheap to buy, cheap to own, and just fun. And the Boxster S has come down a lot. There's a lot of them out there. 
I think you just need to go buy fun car, Derek, and let it be that. Okay, so you what are you suggesting they sell to do that? Based on his budget of twenty grand for only getting rid of the spark, I'm just saying go buy one, a Miata or a Boxster. Derek, I'm going to start over. Remember all that stuff that I just said? Forget about that. <laughs> See, I wondered. Starting over, get rid of all these cars. All four of them are gone, unless you're putting dirt in the RX350, in the Lexus. I mean, let's get that dirty. Let's <laughs> well, line the back with cover crash. But even at that and point. get her dirty. If but you're even at moving that point, heat moss and keep the Ranger. And sell the other two, you still got the The Ranger's money. probably worth nothing. So yeah. get rid of the three cars that have value, that you can get bucks for. Mm-hmm. And you said near future. You didn't say nine months and you didn't say two years. Exactly right. I'm throwing everything out the window. I'm going high because now's the time, Derek. (laughs) You have two company cars that are probably boring. Probably. That you probably can take for a weekend getaway. Probably. Even if you pay for your own gas or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I'm sure they don't care about the mileage because they get a bulk corporate fleet discount and who cares? I hear you. That's funny. Jaguar F-Type convertible (laughs) and we're done. Do you want to go have some nice dinners? Yeah. Because the Jaguar F-Type convertible will lead to the inevitable dates that lead to the family, that lead to the kids. Hey, will look it at not? you. You're family planning now. I'm family planning. I am quite impressed. Telling you, Jaguar F-Type convertible or hardtop, I don't care what it is, lease one brand new. Because if you get rid of all three of those cars, you've suddenly got a really healthy monthly lease payment for the yeah. next two years. Or go buy a used one, enjoy life. And go take that thing out. She will love it. She'll never want to get rid of it. But you got these other two company cars that you can get interesting Cheerios point, isn't it? littered in. Isn't it interesting? You see We're what done. happens. You see what happens. And, I say and, get and, rid of the Ranger too. How much Pete Moss are you moving? And, and Derek, I, I want to encourage you here, man. Honestly, I want to encourage you and your wife to have a car. Because you guys are already – You, sorry, one thought at a time. You've already gotten over the hurdle of – my wife and I have lots of cars. Some people are like, we have a car. We have two cars. We're not getting more. I can't put more. You've got sure. four cars right now. You're already over that problem. Six when they're home on the weekends. Exactly. So your wife's not concerned, and you're not concerned about having multiple cars. So let's have tools for jobs, and let's get a fun car that can be a fun car. Well, that's, that's the new way to spread your wings here, man. The Jaguar, the, the engine note, when you fire it up, <laughs> will make you weep and exult and your neighbors will come out and think what'd you guys get raises or what are you guys doing neighbors are gonna come out and be like i hate him so much totally which is another (laughs) reason to go buy it it's all changed now isn't it yeah because oh your wife will fall in love with the engine note she'll want the top down she'll look for excuses to go driving now derek we don't know where you live you did not indicate that we don't know what weather you're involved with but there's part of the year that you can use this thing, and you got yeah, the company yeah, cars yeah. that are probably gray and four doors that you can drive the rest of the time. You drive them all week, and then when the family does come along, right back to us and say, hey, guys, I got the Jag. Yeah. It's still sitting here. Do I keep it? Do I not? The memories, because Todd's dad did that with him when Todd mm-hmm. was growing up. He had a Jag, yeah. and Todd it grew was- up with it was part of what developed the love of cars for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. The was, memories that you have as a kid, totally. do that for your kid because you had the Jag because you got rid of all the other four cars. You'll free up space in your driveway, less cars to wash and insure, and less tires and less fuel to buy. Pour that all towards the monthly lease payment for the Jag. Derek, I was trying to help you by only getting rid of the Spark. Paul's cleaned out the garage. But either way, oh, I think good. the through line here is let's get some actual fun. <laughs> and you have to write back to us with what you bought, with photos, and the spreadsheet of how you did the cost analysis and the breakdown. No, I'm getting on that. If you've got a debate that is highly controversial, like Derek and yes, his wife. That we will completely turn over halfway through, yeah. <laughs> Derek's like, I thought I was giving the guys all the information they needed. I thought I was helping. He was like, I thought they were going to be helpful, and now exactly. I'm in real trouble. Yeah. It was like the game of Pitfall. Now I can't. Ah, great. Anyway, thank you, Derek. If you've got a debate... Like Derek's, not like Derek's, your own car conclusions, topic Tuesdays, please write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or on the website, top right corner, where you can find all Mm -hmm. the information about Pilgrimage 2020 as you're thinking about writing to us. And then you move over here, you discover writings, and Mm -hmm. you can move a little bit to the left and you discover the Adventures tab that is still forthcoming for the rest of 2020. We haven't yet figured out what the Utah meetup will look like. We're not sure if what travel will be this year. Let's be honest. We're all debating it. Yeah, Of course. It's still very much up in the air, but the pilgrimage trip has been announced, and uh, we're still looking at that and Mm -hmm. uh, considering everything, all the variables there. So please write to us. Looking forward to hearing from you. We're longtime users and big believers in Griot's Garage car care products. That's because while many other brands are just rebranded versions of the same few products, 
Griot's Garage has developed, manufactured, and bottled bespoke car care products since 1990. In fact, many of Griot's first customers were collector cars displayed at Pebble Beach. And they're a family company based in Washington State, still dedicated to having the best products for every car and budget. In fact, Paul learned his crazy certified Paul-owned car care style directly from Griot's. We've used Griot's Garage car care products on our own cars for over 20 years, and we wouldn't use anything else. If you're wondering how to get going, they offer free training and techniques through their videos and their website and starter kits that will help your car look its best. Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all the liquid products are made right here in the USA. They offer a 100% lifetime guarantee, so give them a try. When you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, you can now use the code every day for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Martin H. in Germany is writing to us requiring imperfection. I love that, actually. I really think it's great. Martin, thanks for writing. He's been following the podcast and our YouTube channel for quite a while now. Thank you so much. He feels like his inner child always connects with ours. <laughs> I am all inner child. I'm a walking inner <laughs> child. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. So he's got a car debate that he wants our help with. Mm-hmm. He is 23 years old, lives in Germany, works as an engineer, and he says, I will quit doing that now and move in a new direction with his life. <laughs> okay. And this should also include a new car. And okay. I'm thinking new means new to you. That's the impression I get as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. His taste in cars is weird. He likes cars <laughs> with character and imperfections. I like that too. Does that That's mean great. it's like dented and there's like key scratches down No, but the... on, honestly, half the cars I own have been this. <laughs> it's like they're cool, but man, do you realize it does that too? <laughs> yeah, for sure. He loves the old school turbo punch and nice turbo noises. Okay. And cars which are too perfect, like a Golf R or a Fiesta ST, are just not thrilling him very much. I can see. Here's the thing. I can see the Golf. I don't. I think the Fiesta is quirky enough, but it's not quirky enough for well, Martin. He's also got the new one over there that we don't have, and it's True. good. But, if he, yeah, you know, if he drove the new one, then that you're right. They maybe, got more maybe. refined. Fair point. So, fair point. You know, those are too clinical, not special. He's enjoyed the Abarth 595, the R35 Nissan GTR, the Porsche 996 Turbo, and 993 Turbo, and a supercharged S2 Elise when doing his driving homework. You've done well, Mark. Yeah, you have, for sure. What he didn't enjoy were the RS3, the new Supra, and the Fiesta ST. So there you go. All right, all right, all right. He's only owned hot hatches. He's started driving cold hatches as well. We call them lukewarm, (laughs) Lukewarm but you're right. But yeah, funny. He's looking for a sporting fun car with character that makes him smile every time he gets in and out of it. He wants it to have a manual transmission. Automatic is not an option. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need it for commuting or shopping because he's got his bicycle and another practical car, Tools which is an up. for jobs. Tools for jobs. There you go. There we go. Bicycle yeah. to the grocery store. See, what I love about Europe is you go, you go once per day or just once every two days. You can, yeah. And you get the fresh yeah, yeah. food and the fresh mm-hmm. bread and it's just... I, and, I love that. And if you're in a Hollywood movie, inexplicably, you arrive home with a, with a French roll sticking out of the bag. We it's don't know always why. always a French roll. It's always there, yeah. Now, this is supposed to be a special car to be loved, to be taken out on early mornings, late evenings, the weekends, and on the track I like for it. a budget of 45,000 euros. Very cool. This is a fun one. Do you notice this little salutary sign-off yeah, here? That's it's it's a almost bit of, a dig. Yeah. It is. Yeah. He says, cheers from Autobahn and Nürburgring country. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy that, Martin. That's amazing. (laughs) I love this. It's very fun. I have three choices, Martin, and the fourth perfect car. Oh, look at you. That's so perfect, it's imperfect. The Alfa Romeo 4C is delightful and rather imperfect. Yes. It's so imperfect, it's not even offered with a manual transmission. (laughs) I was going to say, that's its only problem. Because it was first (laughs) what I thought of, too. I was like, you know what you need is a 4C. Yeah. (laughs) Audi TTs are also imperfect, mainly because they're not Caymans. <laughs> <laughs> but you can get them with a manual. It's, it's, it's kind of like saying, we love Bart, but he's just not Lisa. I mean, it's kind of what, what that's like. You know, it's just they're totally different categories there. Yeah. Now, Martin High Mileage E30 M3s are also perfect, mm. but they're imperfect because they're more than 30 years old yeah. and most of them have high mileage. And, but they would be such a fun buy. Wouldn't that that's be- a really good one. But the perfect car, Martin, is a BMW 1M. Oh, I think you may have done it. It's That's imperfect. very good. It's imperfect That's because the good. price is still probably more than you want to spend. But it is the most parts bin hacked together, odd looking and delightful collection <laughs> of metal and plastic bits you'll ever drive. 
That's a good one. I don't know that I can top <laughs> that. That's a really good one. You might spend more than 45,000 euros. Yeah. I think that's the low end for 1M still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's this snorty, ugly little thing. It's not ugly, but it's this wart, it's, it's warty little thing. It's a bulldog-looking car. Thing. Yeah, 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 for And sure. it's so weird and imperfect and manual and turbo and, and awesome. I will take one right now. There's your car, Martin. That's good. I don't I don't know that my choices will top that, Martin. That's right. really, really right. good. I think what's interesting about your listing is all of the Porsches you've listed are older. 996 and 993. Yeah, that 993 caught my eye. Kind of and nice. turbos. These yeah. are turbos from the era where they are actually still trying to kill you. Okay? I mean, the current 992 turbo is out, and everybody's talking about not only is it wickedly like earth-bending fast, but they're finding <laughs> yeah. that easy. Yeah, The older, even the up to the 993, 996 turbos were not known to be easy to drive as turbo cars. Mm, yeah. So I think that's very interesting. And that, that adheres to everything else you're talking about, which helps me with one of my choices. I, I did have one imperfect car because of the automatic, <laughs> okay. besides the 4C, okay. and that is the Alpine A110. Oh, that is good. That is Except imperfect. It's also an auto. Yes, so that, doesn't that work. is good. That doesn't work. Oh, I, thought, I like that. I was a lot. excited about the idea of actually recommending an oh. Alpine A110 D Martin, but oh, dang it! I like that so much. Yes, it's an auto. Oh, I, I like that as much as I think it's a match of a car for you, kind of like the four C is. I think you're a guy kind of like me with the Lancer and all that kind of stuff. You have it for a month or so in the automatic. You're like, yep, yeah, should have had a manual. Should have had oh. a manual. So that's out. Darn it! I love the fact that you drove a supercharged Elise. <laughs> I think this is really yeah. high on this list, and it may be right. Okay. Because that is a fantastic, I say this as an owner, sacrificial car. Here's all the problems, and have you seen how much I enjoy this? Mm. Both are true, and the supercharged ones are better. So I think that's awesome. If you're going to track it a lot, you don't define. Mm. You talk about this being a weekend fun car. I don't know if you're a guy where 90% of that is back roads and 10% is track. Then I think any car is on the list. If it's going to be like... 50% track use, I think you kind of want to be in the Elise. And I say that because of consumables. Oh, As sure. a light car, it's not going to go through brakes and tires like pretty much anything else you're going to buy. That's true. So true. I don't know about how much tracking. I think the Elise is the best track car just because of consumables and just easy. But you could go in the Porsche lineup. I'm getting newer now. <laughs> Cayman R. It's a contemporary to the Dude, 1M you brought oh, up. Oh, that's also good. It's the first-gen Cayman in a little bit more raw form, and they're awesome. They are they're awesome. They're great. Get that in a manual. Enjoy yourself. Cayman R would be really, really good. I think that's the most modern Porsche that gives you the feel you're going for. Now, it isn't a turbo, no. but it's got a great engine. That, that's Watch our uh, Porsche Cayman comparison piece. We did one for TV a couple seasons ago. We did all three generations of the Cayman coming to YouTube in a few months. That piece, we really liked the Cayman R in that piece. And we yeah. talked about the, the, the nuances as the Cayman has progressed. It's not like, well, this Cayman's terrible. That didn't happen. But there's distinctively different personalities. So Cayman R good. is on my list for oh, you. Oh, that's good. But I'm wondering... I'm actually wondering here if the answer might be an Evora. What? Because it's the Alt Cayman. Can you get them for 45,000 euros, though? Yeah. yeah you an can. S? Or would you be I don't at, know. A, at a, just a straight-up Evora? The, the 45K is the bottom of the market for the S in the U.S. I don't know. Europe, Europe typically, they drop faster. But the thing is... You're in Germany. You're going to see Porsches. Yeah, gonna you just, us, so we're going to blow out your budget anyway. They're going to be around there all the time. Yeah, true. You pull up in an Evora, and you are the different guy that made an alt choice. Going to be great on track. They're Unlike the Elise, they're going to be much better if you find yourself just driving. Just, I need to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. And they are a serious alt choice. And what are their flaws? They don't have Porsche build quality. They don't. Yeah, I was going to say, let me extol the imperfections list to you, Martin. But, but they are great. The Evora is great. I think the the look the 400 and the GT that they're making now are a fantastic refinement of those cars. And if you have the money, yes, get one of those. But you don't have the money. And I, I think the interesting thing here about the earlier Evoras, I don't think enough people, automotive journalists especially, appreciate how good those cars actually are. They really are. They really are much better than the rap they've gotten. So, and I, I feel like there was a thing that happened where I think I feel like a lot of automotive journalists either didn't drive the early Evoras mm -hmm. or drove an early one. And chalked it up as not good and then ignored it until Lotus shoved a 400 at him and said, please, please drive. 
And so yeah. all of a sudden, the 400s are good and the Avora has been ignored prior. Yeah. The early Avoras yeah. are good. The problem is, I think the first year or first two years are very early ones. It's like an engine out service for clutch. Is it really? So be careful. It, it, I, I've, I've heard, I've heard, and, I've, and I, again, I'd like to have one, which is why I know this. I've dug <laughs> into the forums enough to know that people are, are spending between about seven and ten grand for a clutch job on the car. Okay. Which is a lot. On the other hand, but you have an Avora. You have an Avora. Hmm. And I would get one tomorrow if I could. So I, I think hmm. that might be your answer, but your 1M is really good, Paul. One thing you can never have enough of is car stuff, and that's why we love Haggerty Drivers Club. Starting at $45 a year, you'll get six issues of their award-winning Haggerty Drivers Club magazine, chock full of interesting reads and beautiful photos. And you'll get access to members-only live streams on topics like car values, automotive history, and do-it-yourself tutorials. Plus, membership comes with tons of automotive discounts, including a deal of the week, which is always an incredible deal and lasts only a couple of days. If you love cars half as much as we do, this is the club for you. Learn more at Haggerty.com slash Everyday Driver. Jump into social media questions, jumping right in. On Instagram to Waldron1948, who is vacillating between the Supra 2 liter and the Miata RF. Mm. Driving fun is the highest priority. He is 71 and tracking is not his thing. What do we think? <laughs> I saw this. I saw this. I feel compelled to help and also encourage you to throw caution to the wind and get the Supra. I love the Miata RF. The The Supra 2 liter spoke to me a lot. It spoke to me a lot. I really like it. If you watch the video, mm -hmm. I think it's the sweet spot. Yes, we all want a manual. Mm -hmm. Let's take that out of the discussion. But as far as the sweet spot of specs... I just I think it is the right car. It's just the right car, and I love it. And I interesting. I love it more than the Miata RF. I do. Hmm. I love the turn in. I it's so crispy. I'm going to disagree with you. I kind of thought you would. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you, and and not because look, watch that piece. Not because I don't like the two liter Supra, and I agree with you. I think it is the, it is the buy. But if this is just a driving enjoyment car, we don't know his proficiency with manual. Sure. Obviously, if you want a manual car, it's not possible in the Super right now. Hopefully, it's coming, but it's not possible. Right, if, right. if, and I will also say this, Toyota is being very meticulous, okay, to the point that we were driving the Supras the exact same week, one year later, we were driving them at the launch. Mm -hmm. This is how meticulous Toyota is being with updating the Supra every year. So just watch for information in May so 2021? If a manual is coming, it will be on a annual cycle somewhere down the line. And right. I think it's a couple of years out. If I had to guess, it's a couple of years out. I think they're saving that. I think I think they're going to do a couple other rounds of bump before they offer the manual. I That's my suspicion. I think there's just peak hyperness and demand right now that they need to deliver. But we'll okay. see. We'll see. If you're just looking for driving enjoyment and you know how to drive a manual, mm -hmm. I think the RF is the better choice if you find it large enough to sit in comfortably. True. It is a small True. cabin. And the Supra accommodates all sizes. Indeed. Okay. Indeed. But I can see if you're if you're looking for that, it's picture this for a second. It's dusk on your favorite road. There's not really any traffic. The temperature is perfect. Mm -hmm. You can put the top down. You can drive the speed limit or five percent above. You're just cruising. I would rather be in the Miata in that scenario every single time. Hmm. Now, I don't know what kind of driver you are, but I'm just thinking, if you're looking for that connection of a driver where you just feel like everything here is delicate and listening to me and not asking anything of me, and I'm just basking in the moment, I think it's RF. Hmm. Okay, so we haven't actually answered your question because we you got two opposing answers. And I this love why we're here. the RF. I, no, it's do. the car I've now fallen in love yes. with. You are a genuine fan, and you've never really liked Miata's prior. And yes. you would, to the point, you'd almost own an RF. And that's yes. a long distance for you to come. So you've gotten two opposing viewpoints, and we haven't helped you a single bit. So write to us when you do. You're going to have to go drive both, clearly, and tell us which one of us is right. Sam Householder said, what are your crushes right now? Did you see this I did. on Instagram? I did. He's defined that as a car we're lusting after that we're interested in, that we're even looking up listings for but wouldn't actually buy for some reason. Oh. Uh, Sam, um, Ooh. I have three ah. that I just keep 
looking up. I can't afford them. I'm not really in the market, and I keep looking them up. Really nice mid-'90s 300ZX twin turbos. The better version of the car I used to own. I just keep looking them up. I, I can't afford one. I'm not out because that would be like a fourth car for me. That's the kind of purchase from, and I, I don't even. I shouldn't even have three. Is the truth of it? All right, <laughs> counting my wife's. I shouldn't even have three. So, yeah, I looked those up. The Alpha <clears throat> Julia Quadrifoglio. I just oh. look them up and wish I had one. How much are they running these days? They're, you know, forty-five, fifty. Okay. You know. Good ones, I'm guessing, are still 50 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, okay. Um, okay, all right. Well, it's been, what, three years, and we thought they dropped about yeah. 50-ish yeah, in three that, years. I mean, so. I haven't looked one up in the last week or okay. two, but, you know, I just I keep circling back to that car. And the one I look up too much, <laughs> just too much, is Evora's. I really do look that car up often. And do go, you? Huh. BMW 1M or an Evora? For me to be an Evora. What I, it? I love the 1M. Well, I, you know, I'll say this. I'll say this. If it was same era Evora, I'd go mm. 1M. Mm. If it was 2011, I'd go 1M. But if I, if I could get a 400 or a GT, no contest, it'd be an Evora. Mm. Well, there's a lot of these for me. And they vary wildly in price point. And the list keeps adding and changing, too. Yeah. yeah. Starting off is the car that I, I desperately want and I would buy if I had the money. The cheapest one I found is $129,000. This is a lot of money. It's a Ferrari 550 Marinello. Oh, sure. With the gated six-speed. Uh-huh. It's a V12, V12 with a manual. Yeah. The feeling, the whoosh, the GT, <laughs> and, it's a, and it handles well, and it looks stunning. I think they've even gotten better looking with age. Not so much the 575s. They're more expensive anyway. Was, which one was the one we had at Grios? We had a 550. I thought so. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, we I drove that car, love. and I think it did damage to both Paul and Chance. <laughs> it, that is accurate. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. accurate. But I honestly think they both left with like a piece of their soul left behind. Oh, it was, yeah. 100%. I look at them. Most of them are like 150000 and then I'll see the occasional $129,000 with only 20,000 miles, huh? And the service has been done, huh? <laughs> oh, well, that's nice. Ferrari Mondiales. I keep seeing the convertibles. So funny. But the hard top. The hard tops are hard. It's to sort find. of like. <laughs> the hard tops are cool. Hello. Yeah. Porsche 928s never leave my search category. You're always they looking never, at those. Yeah, I know. I never know. I know, I know. leave. Yeah. Late 80s, 3.2 Carreras, 70s, mm-hmm. 911s. I want a 911. I want the Ronis. I think. I think the farther we go in time, I, th- I, I think you are leaning more and more toward classic 911. I think so, too. Because, because I've watched how much you like Caymans. I want a new Cayman and, and a classic an old 911. 911. I, I, yeah. I could totally see that garage yeah, for you. That's, yeah. that's me. Yeah, I can see it. Last on my list is the occasional tidbit of a Mercedes 500E because they were built by Porsche, and I just love the hammer that they <laughs> you are. You just want to merge I your world. <laughs> just do it for me. The German monster sedan built by Porsche. I don't yeah. know why either. That is funny. Well, I guess I do know why, but no, oh, those yeah, do we it can for all me. tell why. And all right, so well, the list will keep going. But anyway, oh, let's stop for that. For now. I, I only listed three. There are more. Yeah, Jared Rose one said, "Have we considered doing a similar challenge to our ten thousand dollar big sedan challenge, which have not cost ten grand now, <laughs> but instead doing the five thousand dollar sports car challenge?" What's That's kind of cool. About actually, this, Jared is that we are currently behind the scenes talking about what would we do next. And could we do this same format, which is we get you guys kind of to, to buy in raffle style on the front end. We buy the cars. Mm-hmm. We drive them for a year. We'll do everything we can think of in them, and then we give them away. We haven't gone to the end of this process with the big sedans, though we still intend to give them away. <laughs> we are talking about what would be next, and we've talked, honestly, all over the map, all over the map on budget, all over the map on ideas. I do like this, Jared. I like Actually, it, too. do the $5,000 like car thing and shop for an actual sports car. I am granted. I'm coming off the shell shock that is the drip fed phaeton. But what would the yeah. maintenance be? But that is a low buy-in. It's a low buy-in, and it really, yeah, depends on the car we get. Because yeah. if we go with you know classic Miatas or yeah. something reliable and known to just run, uh-huh. it'd be totally viable. And you know, run them through winter and the whole deal. Ski racks. 
bike racks. I'll try to find the loan five or six thousand. I've already blown the budget. Five or six thousand dollar Mazda Speed NB Miata. It's no longer five. I it's five or not, six. Which you I do not that? fit in. I'm using your rule, which is what's the first number. So five nine 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 is appropriate, which I do not fit in. And then I'll put Lotus Elise seats in it. Oh, and then I will fit because I do not fit in that car. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. I actually like that car with a hard top on it. I like the Miatas, the the NA and the NB with the hard tops. Yeah. I think they look have you really seen good. The, have you seen the teardrop one? It's kind yes, of interesting too. I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those look good too. All right, uh, let's see here. Uh, what else? Oh, Color Cartel, our friend Color Cartel, asks about sequential shifters. We never see real OEM sequential mm. shifters in production cars. It seems like some car would have that, since people spend quite a lot in the aftermarket on them. Obviously, we have DCTs, but why no sequential sticks? I think it's because they're really more suited to racing than anything else. And they're... They're more work than a manual, and they're, I guess, I don't think they're viable because they're just more of a track kind of thing. Do they have enough refinement? I mean, my understanding of sequentials is loudness and roughness that I don't know would be acceptable for the NVH level. So, by the way, that's noise, vibration, and harshness that you're chasing in a standard car. I just, I I mean, the automatics have gotten so good, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they're so versatile and dual clutches are the same way. They're so versatile, especially on track, if you yeah, want to track yeah. something. So we've talked about it. Go with a DCT. Go with a, a dual clutch. If you want the engagement, most car makers make a manual, and they're just yeah, they're there. Yeah. I think, you know what it is? It's the Betamax versus VHS tapes argument. It's sort of like, you know, we just went in one direction. I guess that's what we're doing now. So, you know, doesn't well, matter. Or LaserDisc also- versus... You know, DVD or, you know, pick something that's sort of like, mm-hmm. well, I, I guess this is we're doing this now, huh? Well, that uh, that Caterham we drove. It's the only sequential we've driven. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. great, but it suits the character of that car only. Yes, it does. Only. Yes, it does, yeah. It doesn't really suit a heavier, you know, and I say heavier by, you know, 3,000 pounds. Well, and I also wonder if there's a usability case here because when you do an automatic or a dual clutch, it can skip around. You're, you're driving a manual, Which and makes it you're going to jump from fourth to second, or you're going to jump from fourth to sixth because you're on the highway, and you that yeah. kind of stuff. doesn't mean you can't get there in a sequential, but that jump around usability, I wonder if that's a factor. Yeah. It's interesting. All right. This is ongoing, then. Ab- absolutely. There's a question here, Track Daily Crush, and the more I look at it, the more confused I am. Oh. Benji V300, Track Daily Crush. This has got to be the original because it's a six-speed. The original Acura NSX in six-speed, which would be the late gen of the original NS- NSX. Okay. The C6, similar generation, Corvette Grand Sport six-speed. Okay. Or the same generation, essentially, 997.2 Carrera S six-speed. Track, daily crush. Huh. Seems really huh. easy at first. And the more I dig into it, the more I go, I am confused. All of those would be good on track. They would all be good on track. They'd all be fun to drive on a daily basis. They'd all, exactly. This is, see, this is the thing. This is actually a pretty good one. And I it would think suck to crush any one of them. It would. I think, I think the Grand Sport gets crushed because it loses on interior. Okay. Okay. But I, I say that also liking it a lot. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love you. Crush. Yes. <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens. As you're pushing it off the cliff, I love you. I, I th- See, here's the thing. I would daily either of the ones left. The NSX 6-speed, daily that, sure. Yeah. The 997.2 career 6-speed, daily that, for sure. I think I'm going to go daily in the 997 and track the Acura because of lightness, because of engagement, I think you're right. In the mid-engine, in, uh, mid-engine I setup. I think that's accurate. Even though I would perfectly happily daily that car. That's, that's what it was made for. Yeah. But I think the light mid-engine nature of it makes it win for tracking, and the 997.2 is your daily. It's a tough one, though. Really genuinely tough. Well, even tougher at the high end from Matt Guerra, 82. Let's do hypercars. Okay. Gordon Murray T50, which is the yet rele- unreleased mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. Murray creation. The Valkyrie, Aston Martin, which is also the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe that thing exists. That thing's nuts. And the Koenigsegg Gera RS. Hmm. I mean, we might as well go Yesco. Let's put a Yesco in there because <laughs> I want one of those. <laughs> well, but... Uh, wow. Okay, hang on. 
So it, the Vulcan is the one that we've seen that was the track only car they made that was the front the Vulcan. Engine, right? Think of this: the Red Bull crazy. You're thinking this is the one that, that is. Thing. Yeah, they're trying to put an F1 looking or Le Mans looking car on the road. It's yeah. that yeah, thing yeah, for yes. sure. Well, there, well, yeah. Mm. There's the that, and then the Valkyrie, which is the extra other car that looks like it too. And oh. mm. I, I actually, oh, you know what? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the lazy way out. <laughs> I'm going to crush the Gordon Murray car because we really don't know what it is yet. Oh, that's the lazy way that out. That is the lazy way out. And I think I think I'll daily the Koenigsegg and track the Valkyrie. Uh, hmm. What if the track is just a runway? Could I track the Koenigsegg then? <laughs> it's just a straight, I mean, they, long, like they six turn, miles long. They turn well, too. They turn, too. Yeah. I think that's the daily car. Although, but Gordon Murray is renowned for making brilliant cars that are fun to drive. I, I, I admitted it. I took the lazy way out because we don't know enough about that. All right. Yet. Well, I'm seduced by the future then. Gordon Murray, I'm taking that. I'm, what am I doing with that? I'm going to. <laughs> Good luck. I'm going to. Darn it. See? Hmm. These are hard this time. Uh, I like I'm it. going to daily because it'll be the hot new thing, and I'll get all the looks. I and see. I see. You're you're thinking cars and coffee. I'll I get it. Yep. Track the Koenigsegg and crush the bucket of bolts that is the Valkyrie. Yeah. Well, who wants that? Right. Yeah, I don't that's know. Funny. That's very funny. Wow. All right. Let's see what else. Oh, Braille Swanee says Nissan just announced about three billion in costs. <laughs> Only <laughs> three billion. That's it. <laughs> Quitters. Huh, they're doing that efficiently. <laughs> Can Nissan get back to greatness? And does their current lineup have what it takes for that to happen? No. Oh, sorry. I'm they also announced the they're, I think, divesting themselves of the Datsun nameplate. Again. They brought it back <laughs> and they're dumping it again, which is too bad. Because Worked for us before. Let's get rid of that sorry, again. Sorry. There's, there's an enthusiast sub-brand opportunity there that I think they're missing, but who cares? Hmm. I do not think their current lineup has what it takes. I think Nissan now has to go through a period of making – I think it has to go through what Toyota just kind of came out of. Mm. Toyota was focused on practicality and fuel efficiency and yeah, commuting, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they just – they're great, and it's kind of the new thing, mm-hmm. and this is what we're doing, and there's no fun. Mm-hmm. No fun to be had. Yeah. No fun to be seen. They can't make anything fun until they get the bread and butter going again because they have yeah. costs. Yeah. So they've I mean, got to revamp everything, get rid of the CBTs, make good cars. They make good cars, but make interesting, compelling cars. See, that's the thing. The Ultima and the Rogue both sell really well for them. They do. But they're Blandsville. They do. They are good sellers in the markets that are bland. But that also they need suggests... more bland to make money then. But hang on. But that also suggests you have your bedrock floor, if you will for now making things that can go elsewhere and be interesting. But the problem is that if you drive an Altima or a Rogue in the current Nissan lineup, you kind of come away going, yeah, that's their better stuff. I know the GTR exists, but the GTR is now old tech, and so is the Z car. Yeah, but the problem with making a new generation GTR is that none of us can afford it, and I don't want to go buy the rest of their product line. Yeah. So Nissan's still irrelevant. Yeah, that's tough. So if the new Z car comes out, if they usurp Toyota and quickly come out with a manual new Z car, Mm. how many of us will buy it? Now, that's an interesting point. Can they come out with a Z car and will it have a manual from day one? And will will a – whoa, hang on, hang on, Mm. hang on. I'm stopped here for a second. (laughs) This is a thought. Is a new Z car coming? I know there are rumors. I want to see it. Yeah, we haven't seen anything from Nissan. Is a new Z car coming? What is the stat sheet on that car? What does it look like? Because I really hope it looks good. I hope it's not just another refinement of how it's looked since the 350. Let's do something cool. Yeah. But all of that aside, is it possible that a new Z car will hit the market aimed at the price point and down the muzzle of the Supra, but hit the market with a manual before Toyota puts one in the Supra? Ooh. If they do... That'll mean they're coming to play. That's fighting words. And somebody's been paying attention at Nissan. Well, and Nissan was one of the first to do rev match that you could also turn off. That was introduced with the 370. And it's great, And it's always been great. And it always had the world's easiest to find off button. Yes. So the manual has existed there in spite of the fact that the 370Z has lasted through two 10-year anniversaries of that car. Yeah, that was not a good move. As has the, uh, the GTR. Not a good move there. 
But then let's – I'm up for a new corporate look. Let's throw out all the old styling. Stop updating it with the weird V and this fussy mm. Aunt May at Edna, you know, little <laughs> horn rim 50s glasses. <laughs> I like and the, That's good. You know You're what right. I mean? You're absolutely like, right. You're stop absolutely right. all yeah. the, you know, the hairspray glasses. That I totally get Stop you. that. Yep. New corporate look. Fresh new design. Clean, beautiful, classic with the new 400Z or whatever that is mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. the Halo car. Forget the GTR. Keep working on something that will amaze us all again like the – R35 did. <laughs> Bring the noise and Nissan will make the money and they won't be the irre- irrelevant car company. Wow. Yeah. There's more questions to get to, but we're leaving it there because there that was, was some um, ranting this episode. That was an atom yeah. bomb right yeah, there. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for your questions. I really mean it. We appreciate yeah, it's it. It's really cool. Thank you a million. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.